Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Paul on from Schedulo, and we're going to be learning about the use case, business case, that his clients and uh, his customers uh, and prospects make for the purchasing of Schedulo. So without any further ado, uh, any other warm-up, we're going to do introductions. Um, Paul, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and uh, Schedulo? Absolutely. So um, thanks, William. First of all, um, pleasure to kind of be here. Really, really sure. uh, appreciate the, uh, the offering. Um, so yeah, Paul, Paul Chapara, a bit of a mouthful, my surname, but I'm uh, currently the Director of Customer Insight and Product Strategy here at Schedulo. I'm actually based in our uh, Australian or Brisbane um, office, uh, where a good portion of our product development and engineering team is based. But Schedulo in itself, I guess, um, you know, it's, it's a platform or what we call the Desktop Productivity Cloud that ultimately you know, sort of looks to allow companies across a range of different industries and, and use cases aptly, um, you know, as it would sort of like sit within this particular podcast, um, that really is around the, the management or the planning and engagement and sort of the, the, the analysis or I guess the uh, analytics that sit behind um, a deskless workforce. So if you think about the a good portion of the global work, workforce doesn't sort of do what, you know, perhaps you and I sort of do and sit within the normal office confinement or sit behind a desk. They're actually out, you know, mobile, uh, sort of doing their thing on a day-to-day basis. So they make up about 80% of the of the global workforce or 2.7 billion people. So we look at offering uh, software that helps kind of support those types of workers. So let's let's uh, let's peel the onion a little bit for for those. So you, you did a great job of kind of explaining desk, deskless and kind of the folks that make that up. So let's let's talk a little bit about the software that you have, maybe the problems that they have and the inefficiencies that they have and how the software helps them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a range, I guess, of of problems or or challenges, I guess, that these types of folks are are sort of looking to solve, you know, from the very, very... um, consistent sort of somewhat consistent um, issues we see around just outdated uh, mechanisms or processes of managing deskless workforces that could be as simple as just using the use of of spreadsheets um, whiteboards on a wall to to try and sort of manage and get visibility and and really you know as efficiently as they possibly can uh, support those types of, of, of workers it really kind of comes down to you know how do they how do organizations efficiently match the right people to the right type of work? And especially in a deskless environment, that can be quite challenging, given the dynamic nature of it. Um, Whilst also sort of looking to, uh, I suppose, offer and maintain the highest levels of of end customer service as well. That's that's kind of like a key driver uh, as well. So, you know, they're they're typically some of the, the problems that we see, I guess, um, there is also, you know, typically these underlying challenges of, of major digital transformation and how they uh, move a lot of these sort of manual and outdated or manual 
processes and ways of working into more um, digital and uh, fit for purpose, I guess you'd say, um, uh, processes that, that utilize software and utilize technology as well. So when you're, when you're displacing stuff like that, uh, sometimes it's homegrown or proprietary, and yep. sometimes it's like, you know, office products or, or Microsoft yeah. office products. So what yep. have y'all, what have y'all found as you've, have you, as you, you know, you roll something out with a group of people and yep. it's new to them. So you've got yep. change and change management that you've got to kind of enter, you know, that you've got to figure out, but, yep. but you're putting something better. Ultimately you're putting something better in front of them. So yep. tell us a little bit about kind of how that change goes. Yeah, really, really good question. I think change management is one of the kind of critical factors in this. You know, as you say, we're, we're moving folks, we're moving organizations from a place of uh, very manual, very outdated, or sometimes even sort of proprietary uh, technology. And that ultimately, they've either grown out of that. So scale, you know, hasn't necessarily been something that that has afforded them. Um, and they're moving from these more sort of traditional, you know, office-based products um, to services that um, I, I guess automate a lot of the, the, the tasks that you know at the end of the day originally some human is, is, is looking to do and that isn't necessarily as uh, I guess you'd say um, efficient as um, allowing you know sort of smart and automated technologies to do a lot of this uh, work that is matching deskless workers to you know the, the right types of work the the kind of biggest, one of the biggest elements, I guess, what we bring to the table and, and why we really speak uh, quite, uh, you know, uh, to great lengths or to great depth around our offering as a platform is we appreciate that, you know, organisations across multiple use cases, multiple industries that are making this transformative, uh, you know, type of play, the, the scheduling, I guess, of the planning process itself is somewhat, you, you could argue, um, there are consistencies across use cases and consistencies across, use case, across industries as well. But ultimately, where we feel the power of the platform comes into play is where there are organisations that somewhat have their own, uh, particularly the bespoke or, or somewhat nuanced workflow or um, a process embedded. And really, you know, where we are, uh, where we ultimately aim to support those customers is by, um, through our platform, um, enabling and helping to sort of allow the supportive uh, kind of nature of those uh, processes as well. So where an organisation, for example, maybe in healthcare, um, you know, has a very, very specific workflow uh, around, you know, some, some form of care within their organisation, um, our platform is able to sort of adapt and be flexible enough to actually help um, you know, not completely sort of uh, move away from a, an existing process or an existing way of doing things, but actually kind of augment it or help digitize it in a way that the organization feels comfortable, the deskless workers feel comfortable, um, that this isn't just such a, a transformative change that they um, are somewhat unable to kind of manage or deal with that, uh, that movement. So one of the things about uh, the deskless workforce that, I, that I'd love for the audience to hear more about is, you know, how they use technology. So, you know, how we've talked, you know, yeah. kind of historically and, and even how you roll them into kind of this new world. Uh, I'm assuming most of this is either mobile or mobile friendly, tablet friendly, et cetera. But, but I don't want to assume that. 
tell yeah. us tell us a little bit about de- the you know deskless workers in general. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, you you pretty much hit the the nail on the head. I mean, ultimately, I, I guess to, to somewhat go back to the original question around why does cellular exist or what what do we do? You know, I mentioned earlier that the justice workforce represents you know eighty percent of the kind of global working force, but the reality, unfortunately, is that there's less than I think around five percent of software investment is actually focused on technologies that support this kind of. Uh, worker. So you have somewhat of a shoehorned, you know, desk bound application that, you know, some organization will go, oh, yeah, we, we've kind of like assumed that we can make it fit for a deskless um, worker type environment without really kind of thinking about what it exactly means to be right. a deskless worker. And deskless workforces are insanely dynamic in nature. They're on the road, they're moving around, um, visibility and uh, dare I say it, engagement isn't necessarily um, the same as for sort of like a desk bound worker. So the technologies themselves need to be vastly different. And of course, uh, you know, and this is a key differentiator of, of Schedulo in that we we think about mobility first and we think about what it means to be a mobile worker out there in the field um, not sitting behind a desk from day one. That's 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 deeply ingrained in our thinking as an organization. So mobile, of course, uh, you know, the advent of, of, of smartphones, tablet technology, this was, you know, kind of almost like a, a no-brainer in terms of what these folks um, would use on a day-to-day basis and, and how they would navigate and interact with, um, you know, not only the systems of record as an example, um, so being able to access customer information really quickly at the touch of, of a button or, you know, within their palm. But also what's really interesting, and, and especially within the context, I think, of what we're talking about, what's a very relevant topic today around, you know, the great resignation and, and employee um, sort of uh, movement or disengagement is that these devices act as the gateway or the connection point back with their organization. There's been plenty of times I'm out talking to folks who are deskless workers that will sort of say to me, you know what, um, Scheduler or the, the, the application that I'm using is ultimately my connection point or my engagement back with, you know, my home office. So I love that I can stay engaged with, they know what I'm doing, I know what's sort of like happening and I'm kept informed and I can really sort of offer um, the best possible customer service. So that's when we think about the types of technology and what it sort of means to be deskless. They're the kinds of things that are, are sort of the reality for these folks that are, are working in this manner. I'm glad you went that way because I was I was going to ask the the question about engagement and retention of talent. And yeah. it seems like you know the, these are tools that help you know ultimately help uh, with this particular group of workers. It helps them give them a tool set. That then, uh, you know, helps them, you know, basically feel not just connected to the to the organization, but to enables them to do their job better. Yeah. Which you know, most people, that's basically what we want. We want to, we want exactly. to, you know, we want some affirmation that we are doing our jobs and doing our jobs yeah. as best we can. Um, yeah. Where do you see desk, deskless uh, going in the future? Well, but not flying cars, but like next year. <laughs> Where do, you, where do you see where do you see Deskless going next year? Yeah, so it's a it's a really good 
point. And I think, you know, if I reflect back on a few things we just, we spoke about there and actually funnily enough, the last couple of days, I've been listening to a few of your podcasts and I listened to a fantastic one with Kevin Collins, who I believe sort of talked about, you know, rather than talking about the great resignation, you know, talking about the the great disengagement. (laughs) So uh, I thought that was just sort of fantastic. And it's really aligned to some of the areas that we're, we're thinking about and that we're exploring around, well, you know, deskless work by its very nature um, affords almost a level of, of unfortunate disengagement at the offset, right? They're out in the field. There's very little opportunity sometimes for folks to be coming kind of into a central office. So there's that immediate sense of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm separate. I'm out in the field. I'm kind of doing my thing. So there are a few elements, I guess, where we're exploring to sort of help and support that engagement perspective. And, and certainly the technology itself and the mobile app uh, or, or technology that we use to support that um, will always have a level of, of engagement and, and thinking about how we, we allow desktop workers to engage back with uh, a central office, as an example. But there are other areas we're exploring around like autonomy and, and sort of uh, self-scheduling capabilities. So mm-hmm. where we see this sort of moving is how do you empower your deskless workers to make really, really informed decisions about their day, their work-life balance, um, oh, nice. when they can and can't take uh, time off. And these are really, really tangible and very, very um, current uh, exploratory feelings that deskless workers are, are saying to us on a day-to-day basis. And organisations are starting to appreciate that now too. And they're saying, well, we want to retain and we want to keep the top talent. How do we do that? Well, we need to ensure that our employees are engaged and we need to ensure that we are giving them the same levels of autonomy, control, um, ability to, to you know, be flexible within their workday as we would any other desk-bound type workforce. Right. But giving them the tools to then be able to make the best decisions that they can possibly make so exactly. that they feel comfortable making those decisions because, you know, that ambiguity is good for some, but it creates anxiety for others. For others. Exactly right. And they, they, they're often sort of saying to us, you know, if, I, if I'm out in the field and I make this decision, is, is someone from head office going to be, you know, right. on, on the phone with me immediately right. going, why did, right. why did you go there? Rather than, yeah, yeah. So it also, you know, the, we talk sometimes, and it's, an, it's a very academic term, but we talk about this concept of complementary control. So both the organisation, it feels as though it has control or visibility over what's happening out in the workforce so that any time they are able to make the right decisions and, 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 and sort of have that visibility into what's happening out in the field. But then on the flip side of the coin, deskless workers feel empowered enough that they can actually make those decisions. They haven't got someone sort of peering over their shoulder every five minutes going, you know, where are you? Are you really sort of where you, you, you say you're meant to be? And, and the technology um, and, and certainly the tools that we offer um, ultimately look to aim at providing that, that, that both levels of control and, and supportive nature across um, deskless workers and the, the office itself. So a question that I know I'll get asked is an HR leader that's just never grown up this way, right? They've, yeah. they've grown up in a corporate environment and they've always had folks either in the office or at least you know, <laughs> through COVID, you know, remote, yep. et cetera, and on a lot of Zoom calls. Um, Okay, so this is a different beast. So what's yeah. your advice after kind of studying, you know, all of your customers and things like that? Like what what advice would you give to a leader uh, first walking into kind of a situation like this where it's going to be, you know, 90, 100% deskless workers? 
Yep. Like what's the, what's the, what's the kind of a kit that you would give them to, uh, to get them started down the right road? Yeah. So, you know, I think we talk about some of these elements, uh, you know, employee engagement, um, autonomy, these types of, I, I think for IT and, and HR leaders, you know, an initial starting point and, and it's part of their own toolkit is just to, you know, let, let the data sort of speak for itself, poll, poll those folks or, or, or serve, you know, for lack of a better term, survey those folks to, to gain an understanding and an appreciation of how engaged are they currently? You know, where do they feel um, they're getting engagement for the business or getting support from the business? Where do they feel like they have or don't have certain degrees or levels of autonomy and what levels of autonomy and kind of flexibility would be sort of sufficient? Because I think there's always that balance, right, between right. how much an organisation you know, wants and, and feels as though uh, a workforce could and should be autonomous. But certainly also, you know, there are there are factors at play from an organisational perspective that, that need to be balanced and managed as well. But, but I certainly think a good starting point is definitely really appreciating and understanding the, the, the kind of current state of, of engagement with, with deskless workers. That's, that's a very, um, I guess, specific to the, you know, uh, the engagement levels or the the, the interact level in, interaction levels between the business and and the uh, the distance workers. Secondly, of course, you know, um, understanding you know what the current kind of business processes and workflow establishment you know sort of exists within the business, and how can these how how can tools like Schedulo, which aim to sort of support and help and automate and optimize all of these processes and add efficiencies fit in with with the organization and sort of make a somewhat um, simple and uh, e easy change when, when it's sort of when we're talking about you know these these change management principles how do they how does an organization really pitch itself and talk about itself as a platform and a platform that is capable of supporting these somewhat bespoke and nuanced um, workflows and work models. I think that's kind of like a really critical piece. Um, yeah, that, that would probably be, you know, two of my, my initial kind of thoughts there. Yeah. I think what's, what's great about that is again, you're not, you're not starting, especially as a new leader into a situation like this, you're not starting with the answers. Yeah. What I love about the advice that you're giving folks is you just say, Hey, first of all, you know, check the pulse. Yeah, you know what's working, what's not working. Where do they need help? Uh, where do they need more communication, less communication? Where do they need more tools? Uh, where do they need, um, you know, the the tools or resources to be successful? If you ask them, turns out chances are they'll probably give you <laughs> probably tell you where they need help. I, they uh, most most certainly would. Yeah, yeah, just gotta ask. Gotta um, ask exactly. So when when folks see uh, your software for the first time. You know, I call it an aha moment, but really when they, when you, you know, your, your sales team's out there showing them software and they see yeah. it for this first time, like what do they fall in love with? Oh, good question. There's a few things, but, you know, I think I'll, I'll go with a, a, to begin with a little bit of a, a vanity based question. <laughs> I think we've, we've, we've made a, a really, really solid play at, at producing and, and designing and developing a beautiful looking scheduling and kind of planning product, right? We feel that user experience uh, and the experience of 
managing, you know, large sets of data, um, quite complex kind of workflows um, from, from the back office or, or, or scheduling perspective, right through to the deskless worker opening up our mobile application on, you know, their, for their morning and, and getting ready for their day, right? So, um that that immediately is kind of is a wow moment that we hit well, quite a fair bit of. Just, and I don't, yeah. Paul, I don't think that's vanity. I think that's just good business because you're dealing I, with yeah, folks, agree. you know, that you're not standing over their shoulders. You know, yeah. that this isn't, you know, this isn't one of those deals. They're out, they're remote. They're somewhere yeah. else and they they need things to be just super intuitive. Yep. Uh, so I, I mean, first of all, I think it's, I think it's nice that you you couched it in those terms, but I think that's just good business sense because of the of the workforce that you're helping manage. They they need this. They need to be able to log into an app and just it makes sense. Exactly. Because if, yeah. if they've got to go to an FAQ or if they've got to go watch a YouTube video or something like that, we've already lost. We've we've failed. That's exactly we've already right. Failed. You know, you yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think you're you're spot on. Good design is just good business, right? Yeah. So I, and, I, I and totally especially agree. with this group. I mean, exactly. You can exactly. get away with it in other areas. This group, yeah, probably not 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 as forgiving. That's yep. exactly right. Exactly right. The the other elements, I guess, are, are definitely kind of more of a you know, again, a lot of these folks have been coming from this place where they appreciate and they understand just how dynamic this kind of work and workforce is. They also appreciate just how you know somewhat mentally. Uh, mentally tough and mentally draining it is on on scheduling folks who are using whiteboards and spreadsheets and all these kinds of things <laughs> to now look at a, a a system or an intelligence system that says, hey, you know, your time is better used doing other things, right? right. You, you don't need to be sitting there going, I've got some work, I've got jobs that I need to match and marry up with particular skill sets. And I need to be worrying about the fact that I we do have a, a, a skills or a labor shortage. So how do we ultimately make the best use of the skills and the resources that we do have and use a very, very efficient, intelligent optimization and, and, and automation to match uh, and, and, and make those calculations sort of as we go. And we have a very, very sophisticated um, kind of optimization or, or, or um, uh, we call it mastermind. It's basically our, our optimization uh, engine, which takes a lot of that uh, very, very, you know, complex and and uh, and and mind and brain-consuming kind of uh, elements, and 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 uh, optimizes it in the most sort of like appropriate way through the use of tags and, and and a bunch of other sort of stuff. So, they are typically areas that business leaders go, "Wow, you know, we can already see, you know, just simply from a scheduling perspective, folks being like, oh, this is this is just taking away so much of the administrative burden that." It's got to place on us and then vice versa super quickly you know from a deskless workers perspective very very similar you know um we're, we're offering them up um a mechanism to be engaged with uh their their central office there's communication mechanisms within that mm. um it's sort of well well uh, as we spoke about design and 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 thought through Plus the, the use of things like mobile forms and really thinking about the types of interactions and plays that, that they would be making when out dealing with um, or, or, or uh, in, in interacting with their customers uh, out in the field. I love that. What's interesting is in finance, there's a, a, a term or a concept called TVM, time value of money. Yeah. And you've democratized it. You've basically yeah. said, okay, you know, there's a better use of your time. 
And if you don't have insight into that, both at the management level and employee level, if you don't have insight to that, you find yourself down these rabbit holes doing things that you think are valuable that, exactly. that aren't as valuable as what you could be spending your time on. And in some of it's just pure insight. So I love yeah. that. Um, okay, so last question as we roll out, kind of your favorite or even most recent kind of innovative story where customers are, are using your software? And no, no names, of course, just... No, no, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, my, my mind immediately goes to a very interesting area, which I think, you know, as an organization, we're, in, we're incredibly humbled by and proud of. Uh, it, it's somewhat of a little bit of a pivot from our, you, you know, our base offering and, and, and the platform itself. But, you know, as we moved into this full swing of, of the kind of pandemic, what is what feels like a lifetime ago now, but it's probably what, two, two years ago, we, we had a an opportunity or I guess our you know collectively as an organization we really felt as though there was something we could be doing to support you know the uh, be it the um, the recovery period whatever it sort of was so you know we we basically uh, endeavored to look at a a use of our platform or a use of our system to support uh, the booking type process for vaccination administrations so it was a uh, uh, somewhat born out of, of, of this desire to really, you know, uh, fundamentally as a business, look at how we can support and help with, with such a, um, uh, you know, a, a growing pandemic and, and, and what, sort of what we're seeing playing out. Critical, exactly. Yeah. Um, ultimately, where it landed is, I think, to date, where we, we've, we've helped support um, or book in over 36 million vaccination appointments, and that's across wow. uh, states within the US, like California, uh, countries like uh, New Zealand itself, and even uh, in our own backyard here uh, in the state of Western Australia. So, uh, an insanely, uh, you know, as I said, kind of humbling and, and, and very uh, important uh, part of our evolution as an organization, oh, yeah. and, and one that we're certainly very, very proud of. Um, yeah. And just, yeah the folks that were involved in that and 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 how we thought about and, and worked with both governments and uh, and industry leaders on that i thought was um was just inspiring uh yeah it's lovely because you know not all customer service stories are like that this is one that everyone feels yeah and, yeah uh, and you're doing good work like you've actually enabled people to do to do, do their best work uh there there can't be something better than that so Thank you so much, Paul. This has been absolutely amazing. And uh, I appreciate thank you coming you, on, the, on the Use Case Podcast. No, thank you so much for, uh, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And, and thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.